out there, today's July 2nd, 2019, and this is Guillermo Perez. I'm reading from my book, All the Diets Under the Sun, A Journey from Childhood to Adulthood in the Battle with Weight. I'm up to chapter 12. I hope you've enjoyed it so far, and uh, I'm going to try and read through this again today. I actually tried the other day, and something happened. I, the recording was really poor. And I just then ran out of time to pick it up again. So here I am again, chapter 12, Losing the Weight Myself. I realize that anyone reading a book about dieting would want to know more about the details than I have written so far. I got to a point where I was sick and tired. Literally, I was always feeling run down. I didn't enjoy being overweight and still don't. It's incredible we are such weak animals. It took a tremendous act of will to lose the weight. It also took a full three years to get down from 186 to 145 pounds. One of the first things I did was buy myself a pack of pocket notebooks. Every page was a day. On the top of every page, I would write the date, my weight that day, and my maximum allowable calorie intake. I carried this notebook with me everywhere. People who didn't know what I was doing always thought I was taking down notes and observations. But of course, it was less interesting. Interesting or not, it was something I had to do. But how did I know how many calories I could ascribe to all the different foods I ate? Hmm, it took some work. If it wasn't on the label, I looked it up on the internet. I used websites such as Livestrong.com and many of the food producers' websites. I recall going to Boar's Head, Kraft, and Oscar Mayer. If it wasn't easily found from the food company, I would usually find some other website where someone else had already done the work and compiled it. I can't imagine how this could have been done 20 years ago. There are plenty of free dieting websites as well that want you to hit their pages for advertising dollars. How about restaurants and fast food? Many of the companies have the calories posted on their website, so it wasn't difficult at all. The real tricky part is fine dining. Do you think these restaurants want you to know how many calories are in a 12-ounce steak, a plate of pasta primavera, or that tiny dessert that can't be too much? Of course not. If they did, more people would pay attention and order less. In the U.S., it has become a cultural thing that we are always looking for value. You would often hear people say, the food is good and the portions are huge. This is supposed to be a compliment. And in a sense it is. I just wish myself and so many others had not bought into this. However, it has been ingrained in our culture and our psyche. So figuring out restaurant food became the same as figuring out the food at home where I had the pasta box or nutrition labels to look at. It became normal that I would just guess everything. I ate a very, I took a very good guess when I was at the restaurant. Then when I accessed the internet, I would explore to see if I could figure out a more accurate calorie count for what I had just eaten. At this time, smartphones had not really been in the play. In fact, they hadn't even taken off yet. And the ones I had didn't really work that well. In fact, my very first smartphone was a Blackberry which I liked very much, except for its poor internet browsing ability. In the years to come, though, they would improve and become a great tool 
eliminating the notebook. I like beer, wine, and whiskey. Learning their caloric value and writing down every sip was an important part of the weight loss as well. Luckily, I had never been much of a heavy drinker, so cutting back was not as difficult. My little handy-dandy notebook carried me through. There was something about putting pen to paper that gave me the guidance I needed to get the job done. I had always known that it took exercise, but I never seemed to have enough time in the day. I was talking about it in the office, and I remember my colleague, Cindy, telling me to just get up a half hour earlier and exercise before you get ready for work. I thought to myself, yes, I can do this. This created a pattern. I went, it went like this. I would go to sleep with a t-shirt on. I would roll out of bed, put on shorts and sneakers, and get on the treadmill. It started at 20 minutes per workout. And then I eventually expanded the time in a few years to the point that I was doing 45 minutes every morning before I got ready for work. I was a man on a mission, and no one can change my path. Remember the book about discipline I mentioned earlier? That was the glue that helped me put all the knowledge that I had gained over the years to good use. I had to conquer my own weakness for temptation, and I had to prove to myself, most of all, that I could do it. Routine, of course, is one of the most helpful ways to manage oneself as well. So every Monday through Friday, when I was working in the office in New York City, I would have the same routine every day. I got up at 4.30 a.m., worked out until 5.15. I showered and left the house by 5.35. I then cycled to the bus stop and caught the 5.50 or 6.05 bus. Either one would get me in with enough time to go to Mass at St. Patrick's Cathedral which was always a very uplifting way to start my day. The walk from Port Authority Bus Terminal to 51st Street took about 20 minutes. After Mass, I went to the office. At the end of the day, I would do the same commute back. I never took the subway or got a ride home unless there was a torrential downpour. I had to get as much exercise in as possible. This recipe for life was working. But what to do when I was traveling? Essentially, I would try to do the same thing and act as if my appointment was the same as going to the office. Most hotels have a decent gyms for my routine, and I also tried to go for long walks in different towns and cities. I also attended Mass at the local churches, which were typically within walking distance. My point is that I tried to keep the same routine or habit going in my head. As long as I kept doing the same actions, it was a form of discipline that reinforced my will. I just, getting, I just kept getting more and more regimented. I was in control of my body at last. After 20 years of battling my physical temptation for food, I was calling the shots and not my uncontrolled physical weakness. I had, I had succeeded in learning about foods. I had removed almost all sugar-containing foods from my diet, as well since they were high-calorie culprits. I was drinking black coffee. I ate oatmeal with salt instead of sugar. I passed on desserts with the exception of one treat a week. Almost at the beginning of this task, I decided I also needed to reward myself with something outside of just losing weight. 
The reward was a York peppermint patty. Every Friday, if I had met all my goals, meaning not going over my calorie intake or even taking in less, and exercising my minimum 30 minutes each day, then I would buy one on the way home from work. It's funny, but I got to know the prices of all the stores on my walk to Port Authority bus terminal. One store on 7th Avenue was 50 cents cheaper than the highest one. Of course, I almost always went there. The guy behind the counter got to know me, and when I walked in, he smiled at me and said, Another good week, huh? I'd gotten to know him over the months and explained to him why I came in almost every Friday for two years. There are so many little things I did over time. Some were good, others not so good. As I recalled later, one of my mistakes was I became addicted to grapefruit. It was an excellent low-calorie food, food and good for you. The problem was that I began to eat it too often and, was caused, and it was causing me to drag because I was lacking other essential vitamins and not compensating for this anywhere else. This, I believe, is what threw off my body's nutritional balance, causing me to eventually suffer anxiety during a difficult time in my career. The other error was toward the end of this cycle. I was beginning to let myself eat more and more sweets, which was a complete collapse of all I had worked for. A little at a time didn't seem like it would hurt me at, at first, yet this allowance would break my self-discipline. I started to lose my will, and I didn't understand why it was happening. I attributed some of it to a mild form of depression, though my doctors never said I was clinically depressed. I just knew I felt like I needed to eat sweets to find some pleasure in life. The demise of my routine came in small little cuts. Bit by bit, little pieces of my activity changed and this would result in the cataclysmic reaction that would lead me to where I am today. From 145 pounds back up to 186 pounds. In my mind, this was a major disaster, not to mention a major financial expense as well, since I had gone down to a size 32 waist and 15 inch neck for my shirts. I'd gotten rid of all my fat clothing over the years, vowing I would never see that size again. I was wrong. Well, that concludes chapter 12. There's only a few more chapters left. So we're getting to the end. Brace for it. It's going to be good. Thank you for listening. I hope you're well and God bless you. And by the way, happy 4th of July.